This is Phil Farrand. And I am driving home. Okay, this is going to be very exciting going home <laughs> because I'm going to adjust this a little bit. This is, I've got my daughter's car, daughter and son-in-law's van, uh, and it doesn't really have a good place to put the recorder. I'm really going to try not to sling the th this thing off the recorder. Um, that's the really exciting part. The other part, um, is that I have to actually watch my speed in this car because they have one of those little sensors, um, for State Farm in here. And so, so my daughter said, by the way, we do have a sensor. I said, I will not hot rod. <laughs> So when I came in this morning, I actually set the cruise control so I wouldn't do over 55 miles an hour coming in, uh, which is somewhat unusual for me. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, anyways, it's been a good week. There's been lots of lots of pieces moving this week, but you know what? It's been a good week. It's been a good week. Here we Last week, um, the young man who rents our rock house, he had a, a situation with the radiator on his car, but we got that taken care of. And then halfway through this week, that went bad again. Uh, so he's trying to replace that part. And, you know, we're shuffling cars and we're this and we're that and we're the other. And, you know, all those kind of things in addition to work, in addition, in addition, in addition. But it's okay. It's all right. God is good step at a time you know just step at a time um, so he had um, my buddy who lives in our rock house he had just called me because he had gotten all the assemblies got it all put together everything was working except for the electrical sensor in there and it, you know wasn't fitting quite right <sighs> so he's running back into town to get that sensor from O'Reilly's and Etc. 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 Anyways, uh, writing is going fine. It's taking longer to actually get the epilogue done on this than I was expecting. I ended up with an extra chapter that I wasn't expecting in book twenty, and so that kind of pushed it a little longer. Um, but I am working on the epilogue now. I'm really hoping I can get that locked down tomorrow. Hard stopping. I'm holding on to the recorder. Really hoping to get that landed tomorrow. Because um, Net and I are planning on spending some time together this weekend. And so I'd like to just get that closed. I think I know where I'm going with the epilogue. And I think there's some potential there to you know, um, have a little emotional moment. Um, at least all the, all the pieces seem to be in play, but you never know till you get it on the page. Um, so I think all that's going to be fine. I'm trying to put together the last final pieces of the cover. I have ordered some costume stuff for the kiddos. 
my grandson, he is so funny. I told him this time, I said, buddy, I'm just gonna get you a, th a thing that looks like a bear head. And all you have to do is put it on and I'm gonna shoot you from behind. No one will even know it's you. <laughs> He's like, no. <laughs> but he'll come around, there's $25 involved. So, you know, it'll be fine. Whereas my granddaughter, I've got her a big bouffant wig coming in and a dress and a hoop skirt, that whole thing. She's like, let's do it. Because <laughs> she likes the $25. Um, so I'm like waving at people at the gas station here trying to get out. And there's a truck trying to get out. I'm not really sure what is going on here. Uh, but no one's moving, so I'm moving forward. Uh, anyways, I forgot to mention, work is good. We just, we're cleaning up a bunch of stuff and getting some things done that need to get done and moving forward, you know, all is well. Um, so writing is well. Costume. The costume, I'm working on Bugs Bunny, uh, right now, and that's, it's getting interesting. I mentioned last week that you know, I have this little quest to figure out what Bugs Bunny origami means. So, <laughs> and I'm getting a little closer. I, I had breakfast with a buddy on Saturday and I had already been nudged and I hadn't told anybody, but I had already been nudged in the direction of maybe this is some kind of movie. You know, Bugs Bunny origami, or like Bugs Bunny in an origami style. Uh, maybe I had heard about that before. I think what had sort of brought it up was, in case you haven't seen openai.com forward slash Sora, S-O-R-A, Sora, uh, that's pretty incredible. Text to video, 60 second videos. And things like woman walking along the street in Japan with fluorescent, you know, lots of colorful fluorescent lighting and, uh, on a rainy day, whatever. And it puts together this video of this woman walking sort of in slow motion. And it does a close up on her face and everything's very organic looking and it's all the reflections and all the puddles and it's it's amazing well one of those that they had described was uh, some sort of uh, undersea shot where it was a movie with origami shapes and maybe that's where I had gotten it I thought oh that's cool and so that was kind of drifting around in my mind and then I was talking to my buddy on Saturday morning about it and he said, well, you know, there was um, um, Luigi and Mario, Mario Brothers origami movie. And I, did, I hadn't recalled that I knew that. I went, oh, no. Um, so that was fine. Uh, let me just check to make sure this is actually running because I'm getting, oh, yeah, it is. Seven minutes. Good. Um, and so I, I really wasn't aware of that in the front of my mind, but it was just like, oh, so maybe that's a confirmation that in fact what we're talking about here is a movie, and maybe there are different characters in the movie, and 
maybe they all have funny like paper names and you know maybe 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 and so who knows maybe we're getting a little closer as far as the costume itself goes I was really close to being done um, with the Bugs Bunny mask that I had ordered that was all folded paper I got all the way towards the end and I was missing one piece of paper that had some of the stuff on it. I thought I had printed them all, but apparently not. <laughs> so I went downstairs and later I discovered that I printed it on the last piece of white paper that I had that was cardstock. And I printed it and then didn't realize that because of the way I was printing it, it ended up being printed actual size as opposed to the reduced size that I had printed all the other ones on because it's a long story, but needless to say, when I printed some of it, it was fit to page and the other one was actual size. And so it ended up, I got my two little pieces and I went to paste them on and the one was substantially larger than the other, so much so that it would not work. It was like, ah. So, but that made me much more aware of how I was printing them, so, you know, I think we're going to be okay when I get everything printed um, for the actual one. I do need to take, the, it's a pretty cool Bugs Bunny mask, and it's cool enough that that's why I wanted to do something origami. I did, um, I had this idea of, oh, I need to, to make something that's sort of a repeating pattern in origami for like the quote-unquote material of the tuxedo jacket. Um, and so I was looking on the internet today just saying, okay, so I need some repeating packet, you know, repeating packet or pattern in origami, blah, 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 blah. As it turns out, there's like a whole thing about repeating patterns using origami. It's called tessellation. And so if you search for origami tessellation, you actually, there's people who have whole books on how to do this um, and have all kinds of different patterns. And I was looking through some of them and I do think I can make some of them work. So I think the idea there is going to be to just get a bunch of a cardstock, just black cardstock, maybe shiny black cardstock if I can find it. And just in essence make fabric out of this with this origami tessellation stuff. So it's, you know, cool looking. And then I would need to make like a cummerbund and then make a, a shirt, you know, with a collar and a bow tie. Um, but all of that seems doable and I have until April 30th to get that put together. So, I think this is all coming together, and I think origami is, is where we want to be with this. And so, I've ordered a, just a gray bodysuit, and that's supposed to be coming in, and we'll see. I did made my first couple of orders from Temu. Temu? Normally, I order from AliExpress, but I had seen so much stuff on Temu. I, Tem, Temu? I don't know however you say it, T-E-M-U. Um, I had decided to just break down and order a dress for the cover for my uh, granddaughter 
from there. And I mean, it came in, you know, 10 days and it was perfectly acceptable and it was 20 bucks. And that same thing on Amazon would have been like 35. And I was just like, what? How in the world? How in the world can they sell this stuff so cheap? Um, so anyways, I'll probably be ordering more stuff from them, but they had a gray bodysuit. And I went, ah, fine, let's just get it in. It was 15 bucks or something like that. Um, so it's a fascinating world. It's just a fascinating world. So work's good. Writing's good. Costumes are good. Gonna be doing small groups tonight. That's all good. Um, we're celebrating National Tooth Fairy Day tomorrow. That's always fun. Got a shirt to iron tonight. Um, but aside from that, I've, I put the costume on yesterday and everything seems to be fine there. So, you know, step at a time. Step at a time. God's been so kind and so good. But we'll just keep moving forward. So this week, uh, I just as of just as a way of putting a little bit of a stake in the ground as to how I felt, you know, at this point in time on this week, third week of February. Um, we live in such interesting times. I came across an article, and then I came across another one, and they were they were both kind of on the same wavelength. And when I read the titles of both of them, I thought, well, that seems pretty obvious. <laughs> and it's so weird that we are at this time as a culture where we have to reprove things that we would have just assumed were true just a few years ago. Um, but now supposedly we have to do scientific investigation into these things and you just look at it and go, huh, why, why, why are we having to discover this again? And is, is this really a shocker? You know? So, the first one was... Uh, UA, recent study. I guess this is... Uh, University College of London. Uh, or something. I don't know what UA stands for. Anyways... So, a new study has challenged the assumption that gender idea, identity is more important factor than biological sex in determining the performance of athletes in mass participation races. <laughs> so, supposedly, supposedly, there is some group of people somewhere that have assumed that gender identity was more important than biological sex when it came to athletic performance. Really? <laughs> I'm getting my mail. Just a second. 
there, someone has actually been trying to make this claim. Now, granted, I I know of people, you know, who are trying to make that claim, uh, but I have a tendency just to kind of look at them and go, seriously? Have you not paid attention at all to the timings on world record holders of equivalent style races? Have you, have you not noticed that the woman's record in the 100 yard dash, 100 meter dash, is a full second or more than the men's world record? Do you really think that was just because Usain Bolt identified as a man? It had nothing to do with the fact that he was biologically a man. It's so interesting that it's like, just look at the stats. I don't know why we had to have a big study. And when you start reading about the study, there's some assumptions in the study that you think, well, how, how can you make those assumptions I'm getting my garage door open, which I don't have. Hey, there it is. I don't have uh, my garage door opener in this car. It's actually, my van is being borrowed at the moment. And so, I mean, it's just, it's so interesting that we have to have a study on this. As soon as they get pulled into the garage here, uh, we'll start looking at the notes a little bit. Try to get pulled into the garage without scraping against anything because I'm not really used to the size of this van. Okay, so far so good. So far so good, maybe. Oh, this doesn't look good. Hold on a minute. Let me get straightened up here. Um, this uh, van does have backup lines, but it doesn't it doesn't, I mean, it does have a backup camera, but it doesn't have the little lines on it that I'm used to. So I'm not really used to the size of this van, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But you know what? We're going to be fine. Um, okay. So I think, I think, I think, I think we're good. All right. So let's try to get the garage door closed here. Um, you might be able to hear it beeping in the background. Let's see if it's actually going to go. Hey, good. Um, so, anyways, it's just very, very interesting that for some reason, I just want to make sure this is still running. Yep. For some reason, we had to have a study. We had to have a study to tell us. And the study isn't... So, it says the researchers use a novel technique to model the sex of athletes probabilistically based on their given names. Well, that doesn't seem like that's very stable. <laughs> and I don't know how to turn... Nope, nope, that is not what we do. Ah, there it is. The light's in this car. Race times were used as outcome variable and linear models with explanatory variables derived from biological sex, gender identity, and the age of the race being placed. Anyways, researchers found a sex gap in the race time between athletes who identified as non-binary that 
and that there is no evidence that the gap between biological males and biological females is less for athletes who identify as non-binary. So this was a surprise. <laughs> this was a surprise to them that you could have male biological males who identify as non-binary and biological females who identified as non-binary. And yet when they raced against each other, you could still see the differences in performance based on their biological sex. That's a shocker. <laughs> oh, man. So that was one, you know. And then the other article I came across was perceived sex ratios influence women's body imaging and dieting motivation. So what this went on to say was that, you know, if there are is a higher percentage of women than men in a given location that the women are more concerned about their body image and they have more motivation to diet. Yet, no joke. <laughs> what? And, and likewise, if there's lots of men available, you know, that the women are less concerned. Oh, the door's open. Oh, my beloved's out here. Uh, so, yeah, to test their hypothesis, researchers employed a variety of methods with 1,776 total participants recruited from Amazon's Mechanical Turk. These ranged in surveys assessing women's perception of the sex ratio and their life, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so, basically, what it came down to, the findings were striking. Women who perceived a higher ratio of women to men in their surroundings reported greater dissatisfaction with their bodies and an increased drive to diet. Really? Experimental studies reinforced these results, showing that women in scenarios suggesting a female-skewed sex ratio felt less satisfied with their weight and shape and exhibited a stronger desire to lose weight. These effects were particularly mediated by women's perceptions of their mating prospects. No joke. With unfavorable views leading to increased body dissatisfaction and dieting motivation. <laughs> wow. Okay. So I'm glad we've got that settled because that seems altogether obvious. Uh... But, you know, I guess that's the place we're in right now. We just have to kind of prove these things for us in, even though uh, I think we've known this for a long time. Uh, anyways, we do have small groups tonight, and so I got to get going. Uh, but it's been a great week. I have made it home. God bless you all, and have a wonderful weekend. <laughs>